Hey everyone, welcome back to DC Talk. This is episode number 185, recorded on Sunday, January 16th, uh, 2022. Um, I'm Carrie. I'm here all by myself again. Uh, Mike is uh, off doing something. Um, yeah, something. Um, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure Tim has an explanation that is both funny and probably not true, but um, funny nonetheless. Um, just a reminder: we are part of the Random Chatter Network. Uh, please go over to randomchatter.com to. Uh, get more information about all of our shows, membership through Patreon, access to the Escape Hatch Discord channel, and our our uh, show merchandise through T Public. I'm not even gonna try doing that one breath. Um, this isn't a competition. Uh, Tim is much better at this than I am. He's been doing it longer, so um, there's that. Um, so with all that said, let's get on to our news. So, um, first thing at the top, um, I want to address, um, not really an elephant in the room, but something that has been, you know, percolating, circulating for the last couple of weeks. Um, there is a th- there is something going around that, um, Warner Brother, Warner Media and Viacom CBS are looking to sell the CW network. Um, Mike and I had been planning on discussing it on the show, but, well, Mike's not here. Um, but seeing as this could affect more than just the Arrowverse and just the DC stuff, um, I passed the news article over, news articles over to Tim, Lou, and Eric, and to discuss on Random Chatter. I think they're doing that tonight, but I, I could be wrong. Um, but check out Random Chatter, the Random Chatter show as well to see if, um, they cover it over there. Again, Mike and I will probably discuss it, um, at some point, probably next week, um, assuming he's back. Um, but you will get it, you will get it from, from some part of the network, just possibly not from DC Talk. Alright, moving on. Um, so... On to our our actual news items. So, uh, Naomi, the TV series, is going to introduce a new Superman to the multiverse. Um, they've been pretty upfront, at least in the last week or so, that Naomi kind of exists in her own universe outside of the Arrowverse. So, don't look for any crossovers to be happening anytime soon. Don't look for Tyler, Tyler Hoechlin to show up as Superman or Clark Kent in um, Naomi's little corner of Oregon anytime soon. Um, Ava DuVernay has basically has kind of said that, you know, any crossovers uh, probably won't, won't happen in season one. And if there's going to be a crossover, they might need to come to her, Um, which is, you know, totally fair. I will say, as I pointed out a few weeks ago, being that Naomi and Stargirl are both filmed in Georgia, there might it might be easier to cross those two shows over than you know some of the other uh, CW DC shows. But um, that might be a conversation for season two. Hopefully, we get a season two. Um. 
So the Batman movie has gotten a, a rating. It has officially been rated PG-13. Uh, this has caused some bit of outrage because uh, there were apparently a, a contingent of fans who were going, who were expecting this to be an R-rated movie. Um, from from what I've seen of the trailer, it looks like it could be a hard PG-13, but um, I guess we'll find out more uh, next month when the movie comes out. Um, whether whether the movie would have been better as an R-rated movie or not, um, that's just going to remain to be seen. Um, nobody who's making a fuss about it right now has has seen the movie. I don't think so. Um, of course, I could be wrong about that. But um, guys, let's all chill out and wait to see the movie, and then we did, can discuss whether or not um, it it should be PG thirteen or or R rated, or you know maybe there there might be a direct uh, R rated director's cut coming at some point. We'll see. Um, in more Arrowverse uh, news, uh, David Ramsey is apparently in talks to um, star in a new series called Justice U um, over on the CW, assuming the CW is still in existence in the next you know couple of years. Um, this is basically John Diggle is going to be uh, recruiting recruiting um, metahumans um, to live undercover as freshmen at a prestigious university considering that he's apparently moved to Metropolis maybe the uh, show will take place there but um, that's just speculation on my part Um, there really isn't much more on this at the moment Um, they're still in talks Um, and again with the whole possible selling of the CW to another to other um, parties who knows if it will actually come to fruition we'll see um, we've gotten our first look at Leslie Grace in the Batgirl costume and it looks awesome um, very um, accurate to what the Batgirl costume looks like currently um, so that will that's good that's looking to be rather cool uh, I can't wait um, and this next item, it's not really a news item, but um, do yourselves a favor. Uh, I found this when I was scrolling through through YouTube. So go over to YouTube and uh, search for the Batman of Shanghai. It's kind of cool. Um, it's a little short anime. It looks like it's um, a compilation of a f- series of short videos uh, that that someone put together. Uh, it created and yeah it looks pretty awesome so um go check that out um these last three new I- news items are are kind of spoilery so um if you haven't seen peacemaker batwoman or superman and lois this is your chance to duck out um go watch peacemaker batwoman superman and lois and then come back and and listen to these news items um so first up, Peacemaker star Danielle Brooks has explained the why the opening credits and her um, character's um, spoiler. Uh, so first of all, the uh, 
yes, the opening credits for Peacemaker are weird. I mean, this is almost expected from James Gunn at, the, at this point, that he will do something weird and possibly awesome. Um, there, The opening credits for, for Peacemaker is a dance number. Apparently, he dropped this on all of them and gave them about three weeks to rehearse, and there are even uh, photos... James Gunn uh, posted of Alan Tudyk standing in for John Cena uh, in some of the, some of those rehearsals. Um, the, the the photos look look really funny. Um, the opening number itself, to me, is a bit cringy. But you know, some people think it's completely awesome. Some people hate it. Um, you know what? To each their own. But okay, so the spoiler. Um. So, it's revealed at the at the end of the first episode of Peacemaker that um <laughs> Danielle Brooks's character is the daughter of uh, Amanda Waller, which given um Amanda Waller's uh personality and um Abadayo's personality yeah, I wonder. I'm wondering if maybe she was raised by her dad or something, or just kept completely ignorant of um, what uh, what her mom has been doing all these years uh, in the DC universe. Um, so, yeah, that could be um, that could be that could be interesting. Um, uh, Danielle unfortunately was disappointed that that this whole thing. Did not include a um, <clears throat> did not include Viola Davis coming out to uh, up to Canada to uh, do any filming. The um, the exchange between the two characters are done over FaceTime or the you know DC universe equivalent of FaceTime, um, mostly because of COVID. So um, sorry. We're probably never going to see Amanda Waller and Abadayo on screen together, or at least not for this season. If the show gets renewed for season two, that could change. Here's there there there's a good reason to hope that that Peacemaker gets a second season. That could be cool. Anyway, moving on. Um, Batwoman star Nick Cregan has um, spoken out about being the first. Um, Black Joker in DC Comics, and yeah, he basically said it's 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 crazy, it's wild. Um, I've actually done a lot of processing the past few weeks, months. You know, it's still surreal to me. It's been a wild ride. You know, the reception of the new Joker being the first person of color to play this role, the messages of and the love I've been getting um, has just been overwhelming, and it's a fun ride. And he did go on to point out that he did dress. <coughs> he did go on to point out that he dressed up as Jared Leto's um, Joker back in like 2016 or 2015. So um, he's a Joker fan as well. So there is that. And our last bit of news um, this is for Superman and Lois. If you have not seen the season premiere, of season two of Superman and Lois. Um, yeah. So, apparently the hand 
that um, popped out at the end of the episode is exactly who most people have thought it was. And it looks like we are getting um, a new version of Doomsday uh, in Superman and Lois uh, this season. Now, it has been pointed out to me that um, pre-crisis, um, it was mentioned that Superman already defeated Doomsday. But again, that was pre-crisis and everything is strange and I don't, and as I have been bellyaching about for, for months, I don't know where Superman and Lois is in relation to the rest of the CW Arrowverse stuff because they really haven't given us much to go off of um, where that's concerned. Um, but yeah, we are getting Doomsday and the, uh, that could be rather cool. So, um, I'm looking forward to that and how that how that works out for um, this new season of Superman and Lois. All right, so um, Mike Mike has a character profile that we're going to do next week. Um, hopefully next week, um, assuming he's back. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to do something a bit different. Um, and I know Eric did something similar um, a few months ago on or several months ago maybe a couple of years ago on random chatter, but I want to be, but considering that the uh, radio dramas are out and we are getting a new live action show soon ish. Um, I wanted to do a quick rundown of the endless in uh, DC comics. So the endless work um, originated in the Sandman series from 1986 to 1996 uh, created by Neil Gaiman. Um, all but one of the endless, and we'll get to that. Um, they embody powerful, powerful forces or aspects of the DC universe um, and have existence existed since the dawn of time. Um, they are they are the most powerful be beings in the DC universe, um, and they are distinct and more powerful than most of the gods in the DC universe. Um, they're a bit of a dysfunctional family uh, with, uh, made of seven siblings. Uh, they may appear in different forms. Usually they have light skin and black hair, with the exception of Destruction and Delirium, who are both redheads. That's going to um, change up a bit um, for the live action series. Although, um, as uh, Dream has pointed out uh, in the comics and in the audiobook, um, what they actually look like depends on who's looking at them. So that can... so. The appearance of the Endless is a bit fluid in the DC Comics itself, so anyone who's annoyed at some of the casting uh, announcements, um, chill. Deal with it. It's fine. Um, the Endless spent mo spend most of their time fulfilling the functions and embodiments of natural forces. For example, death uh, leads the souls of the dead away from the realm of the living. Uh, while Dream oversees the realm of dreams and imagination uh, and regulates dreams and inspiration. Um, none of them are representations or personifications of their function. They are their function. So the Lord of Dreams is the Lord of Dreams and he, you know, has dominion over dreams and inspiration and stuff like that. Death is, you know, 
death. She, you know, collects the souls of the di- of the dying and takes them to the, takes them away, uh, and so on and so forth. Um, all the un- all the endless have their own realms that they are they are sovereign of. Uh, within the realms, there are members of uh, all members have a gallery contains sigils or symbols of the other siblings in the family, uh, which they can use to contact each other. Um, the only one who can summon uh, all of the um, any any of his siblings um, whenever he wants is Destiny. Um, uh, because well, he's the oldest, but we'll get into that. Um, some of the endless are more dedicated to their tasks than others. Um, younger, the younger um, siblings like Desire are more known to play games with mortal lives. Um, Destruction um, kind of abandoned his duties altogether. I'll get to that. Um, if one of the endless is destroyed, then they will be replaced by another aspect of their role. But this is, does not occur if they are simply absent or inactive. Um, the end, um, the members of the endless themselves, um, going from oldest to youngest here, um, Destiny is actually the only one that was not created by Neil Gaiman. He was created by Marv Wolfen and others. Um, but he's the oldest. Um, he appears, appears as a blind man dressed in gray or brown robes, sometimes purple. Um, he's carrying a large book called the Cosmic Log. This might have been the book that we saw in Elseworlds. I don't think so because the book is usually chained to Destiny or he's chained to the book. Is it, does it really matter who's chained to, which, which is chained to what? it kind of they're both kind of the same one and the same um, within the book is written the entire sum of existence past present and future uh, destiny is the most possessed by his function and responsibilities of any of the endless um, he rarely demonstrates much, much personality and his sigil is a book um, Death um, appear, usually appears as a level-headed young goth woman. Her appearance is inspired by a model called Cinnamon Headley, um, as stated by Neil Gaiman himself um, back in, in 2018. Um, he wrote after her death, um, uh, rest in peace or, uh, or head off to your next adventure. Cinnamon Headley, you gave death of the endless her face and her smile. Um, the... Um, Death herself wears a silver onk, uh, which is a representation of the afterlife. That's also her sigil. And usually there is a um, marking similar to the eye of Horus around her left eye. Um, she usually prefers to dress dress and act casually and is on better terms with, with Dream than most of the other siblings. Um, she spends one day out of every century living as a living and dying as a mortal on earth. Uh, the next youngest uh, of the endless is Dream. Um, he um, normally appears... Ooh, sorry. There's apparently a bike biker contingent going through. Please hold. 
Okay, so um, Dream is both the lord and personification of all dreams and fictional stories. Um, <laughs> his face and physique is uh, based on an amalgamation of Neil Gaiman in his 20s, The Cure's uh, frontman Robert Smith, ballet dancer Farouk Ruzimatov, and Bauhaus's frontman Peter Murphy. That's uh, quite a combination there. Um, journalists have listed Dream as one of the best comic characters ever. Um, Dream usually appears as a tall, pale man with wild, dark blue-black blue -black hair, um, dressed in a shapeless cloak of night, or in jeans and a t-shirt, depending on which, um, which era he's in, uh, with... Um, the, the, the cloak usually has flames dancing within its folds. His eyes are pools of shadows with glimmers of light within. He is known by many names, most commonly Morpheus. Um, he has a long history of insensitivity towards others, uh, and throughout the Sandman comics, uh, that's something he has to deal with. Um, his sigil is a dream helm made from the spine and skull of a long-dead god. Fun. Uh, Destruction um, is the next uh, youngest after after Dream. He usually takes the, the appearance of a large, robust man with red hair who sometimes appears beardless, bearded and sometimes uh, clean-shaven. Uh, Destruction abandoned his duties as one of the Endless about 300 years ago um, out of a refusal to be responsible for the scientific destruction following the, the Enlightenment. Uh, basically, he didn't want to be be, I'm guessing, you know, he's not very fond of, you know, the atom bomb and stuff like that either. Um, aban since abandoning his realm, the other endless have usually referred to him as uh, the prodigal or brother rather than destruction. Um, he has a passion for creative and constructive endeavors, but little talent. His sigil is a sword. Desire is um, androgynous. Uh, capable of appearing as uh, either a man or a woman, or neither, or both, depending on, you know, what what they're feeling like. Um, Desire has a cruel streak and a long-standing rivalry with Dream. Uh, their relationship deteriorated ages ago um, after Desire caused Dream to fall for, in love with a woman who ultimately left him for another. Um, their sigil is a glass heart shape. Um, they live within a huge flesh, flesh and blood statue of themselves, and that's called the Threshold. And um, although Desire is Despair's twin, in a sense they um, they are older than Despair because um, Desire has never changed. Desire has. Um, Desire is is in their original incarnation, and Despair has has reincarnated at least once. So speaking of Despair, the twin sister of Desire, um, in her original form, um, Despair was um, had many um, was taller, was tall, tattooed with intricate red lines. Um, she was also also the most talkative and self assured of um, of the Endless. Um, she occasionally mentioned in passing that, uh, um, and is later depicted as 
having possibly brought about the destruction of Krypton as a means of creating the ultimate despair. Um, it's been suggested that she actually that she was actually murdered and that the one responsible will suffer until the end of existence. Her second incarnation is a short, obese woman with uh, grayish skin and irregularly shaped teeth. She's always naked. Despair has a cold, quiet, um, intelligent manner. Uh, she has a habit of carving her flesh with, uh, hooked, with a hooked ring that she wears, uh, which is also her sigil. Um, her, the second aspect um, is the one that appears throughout most of the storylines of the Sandman comics. Um, she often associates with Desire, but unlike Desire, she's she was actually fond of destruction. Apparently, Desire didn't care for destruction as much. And then the youngest of the Endless is called Delirium. Um, Delirium appears as a young girl whose form changes most frequently um, based on random fluctuations in her temperament. Uh, she has wild, multicolored hair and eccentric, mismatched clothes. Sounds kind of like my best friend, actually. Um, her only permanent physical characteristic is that she has one eye that is green and one eye that is blue usually the right and left sides, um, respectively. Her sigil is an abstract, shapeless blob. Her speech is pre portrayed, um, <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't, I have this in my notes for the rest of them, but um, this one's the, the most funny. Uh, her speech is portrayed as a standard graphic novel block caps, um, characterized by, by wavy, unpredictable orientation and a uh, multicolored gradient background. Fun. I, that, that's probably a pain to read. Um, she was once known as Delight, uh, but some traumatic event of which not even Destiny knows um, what happened um, caused her to change her role, her sigil, as Delight was a flower. Um, so I kind of went through their powers when I was going through the... Um, through the list of the endless, um, their weaknesses. Um, we don't actually know what their weak, what their, what the limits of their power are, but there are rules, um, such as dream forbid being forbidden to kill dreamers unless they become a vortex, or in which killing them becomes kind of an obligation. Um, it's unknown if the endless are allowed um, to use their powers on those more powerful or more ancient than them. Um, because there aren't many of them, I'm guessing. Um, there is one point where Dream heads into hell um, to speak to Lucifer, but he admits that he has the power to enter hell, but he does not know if he's able to defeat Lucifer. Um, and then just just want to mention appearances in media. I'm not going to go through the entire the, the casting list. Right now, we'll um, probably talk about this more when the TV series uh, drops. But there is a live-action TV series coming, and there's also the audio dramas. Um, Act 2 dropped back in September, and they're really good, so I do, I do recommend those if you have any interest in um, The Endless or The Dream or Morpheus or any of the other characters in the Sandman comics. But that's it. That's all I have for this week. Um, hopefully Mike will be back next week. 
Um, and until then, guys, take care.